Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Man, happy for him. Uh, very happy for him. You know, he's been very instrumental since I got here. You know, as far as uh, helping me get acclimated, welcoming me and my family. So, um, you know, anytime somebody within you know, our family moves on to a, a, a bigger role or whatnot, you got to be happy for him. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited at the opportunity that lies ahead. I'm excited to work with these players, with the organization from top to bottom. Uh, I was here about a year ago uh, when we were playing the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and I know how exciting that was for the city. I know how impactful that was, and that's what we want to get back to. All right, that's Gerson Rosas, hired and actually hired last week, introduced today at Target Center in a press conference we carried right here on the all-new Score North. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Now let's do a count of who's here today. Uh, Mackie traveling, scratch. Rami in Milwaukee, scratched. So it's Judd's here. Danny Cunningham, who does a great job covering the Wolves for us at scorenorth.com. He is here. Hello, Hi, Danny. Hi, Judd. How are you? And Jonathan Harrison's hey, here. Hey, Judd. Hey, Danny. Hey, John. How are hey, you? Hey, buddy. So, Welcome to the show. So Thank what you. is today's show, First then? time, long time. So what well, is today's it's show, then? Long it's time. Yeah, the first it's just, time. It's not the first week. time. Yeah. You've stopped in before. Just, so last week was first. What's the lineup now? That's my question. So it is. It's, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami minus Mackie and Rami plus Danny. Yeah. And Jonathan's here. Well, he's always here. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, but I'm giving I'm him credit. I'm always here, but my name's not on the show. Yeah. But I'm still I'm giving him credit. Well, that's no, that's not true. You're part of the show. I said I'm not a partner. Oh, you're like not a partner. Like a law firm? Well, you could be someday. That joke fell quickly. Yeah, it did. Judd. It did. Nope, no problem. Open. All right. So, so let's get to the important thing today. Uh, the press conference at Target Center, Danny Cunningham, that you attended. Oof. Gerson Rosas. What is your... Um, so... The first, the press conference that we carried here was very much the new wave, I guess, made for television press conference. Correct. So that was that was Alan Horton, who does an outstanding job as the Wolves play-by-play voice on radio. He's very good. He emceed the press conference and then basically asked questions. We did not get you guys and gals asking questions until the side session, which we did not hear. So enlighten me from when uh, Gerson was asked real questions about the direction of this franchise 
what you learned about what he is going to do here. So there was something that he did say in that made-for-TV version of the press conference that he also said in the side session, and I thought really resonated with me, is that they're going to continue to question the norm. And that's something that they've done in Houston, where they've not done things in a necessarily traditional way. Well, what was the Wolves' last president of basketball operations, Tom Thibodeau? Mm -hmm. He was the ultimate traditionalist, right? He did everything the way that you, when you think just hardcore basketball, you think Tom Thibodeau, right? That's exactly what it is. Yep. Rosas is going to be the polar opposite of that. Questioning the the norm and pushing the boundaries are things that Thibodeau wasn't comfortable doing, but Rosas is going to really base how he does his job on that. And that was really my main takeaway from today is that he's going to be doing things much differently for the Wolves than the Wolves have ever done things before. Which means what, though? So enlighten me on on what that means exactly. I think we'll see, we will see a different style of play on the court, unlike yeah. anything we've ever seen the Wolves play before. Because just as a franchise, if you go and look at the franchise leaders and three-pointers made, mm-hmm. Steph Curry's 2015-16 season would rank third all-time for career three-pointers made. And he did that in 82 games. Mm-hmm. That That's one of the things. We will see more three-pointers. We will see them play a more modern style of basketball, which hasn't existed in the Twin Cities really ever. That's something that I think is going to change. I think that the way they're going to develop players and utilize the G League is something that's going to change, too. What does this is not Houston North mean, then? Because clearly he was trying to, uh, in some ways, it sounds like, divorce himself from, from what he's done in 17 years there. I don't think you can necessarily replicate everything that Houston did. Because Houston really built themselves up as, we're going to shoot more three-pointers than everybody else combined basically we are just going to bomb away from three right absolutely so the wolves can't do that mostly because they don't have a roster set up to do that it would be foolish to try and force this group of guys right now as is to do that so they're going to have to do something else that fits the players on this roster now the players on this roster right now are different than the ones that'll be on the roster opening night to an extent Mm -hmm. but there will be still many familiar faces and those familiar faces aren't set to play the way houston does Another big difference is Houston's best player, James Harden, their MVP candidate, is a guard. The Wolves' best player, Carl Anthony Towns, is a post. There's a big difference in how you have to operate because Towns has to be the focal point of your offense, but you cannot have him be the focal point of a Houston-style offense. It just doesn't make sense. Sure. So that's one of the things that it's it wouldn't make sense to translate that the exact way Houston did things on the floor to Minnesota. You wouldn't be successful here. Coaching-wise. You know, Ryan's a great guy, mm-hmm. and we all like him. Yes. A- and I think that he is, I think he showed himself. Now, Now, the record was not necessarily reflective of success, but I think he showed himself to be competent. He was dealt a tough hand of cards. He was, and I think I think the star player, in this case, Carl Anthony Towns, really likes him. Yes. So those are all important things to keep in, in mind. But if you were a betting man right now, how much of your uh, hard-earned cash would you put on Ryan Saunders being the coach of this team on the bench opening night? What am I, Rich? How am I supposed to have money to gamble, Judd? Come on. Let's what just am I, say rich? It's, okay, hi- so it's hypothetical money. Hypothetical money. I think that the odds are still greater than 50-50, but I do think today knocked it down a little bit in my in my book. I, I was around 75% that I thought he was going to get the job. I'm much closer to 60 after today. Mm-hmm. Rosas had the opportunity to really give Ryan a vote of confidence today, and he was extremely noncommittal on the matter, which is fine, and he should be. But it also leads me to believe that okay, maybe they're going to be they're going to look around a little bit. Maybe it'll still be Ryan. It absolutely still could be. And if I had to say right now, 
yes, I would, but I don't know for sure. I don't think I know for sure as much as I did earlier today. And if it's not him, couldn't he still be a viable part of this staff as well? I mean, his age, he's such a young guy. And unless a team said, okay, if you aren't going to give him the job with the Wolves, we'll hire him. Couldn't it be a situation where if they hire the right person, you know, Ryan stays as, I don't know, an associate coach or so I just, I would go down a path that if they don't choose him, couldn't they keep him? It's extremely awkward to take a step back like that. That's what I would say to that is, is it, it is an extremely awkward thing. But he didn't have the full-time job. Yes, but it's still extremely awkward to go from being an interim head coach to now being second or third in command in this for the same place that you just were. Like, it, for instance, let's translate this to football. Say the Vikings fires him and whoever becomes the interim head coach and he does well through the six games that he has and then they interview him and they don't give him the job and he doesn't want to stay on staff because it's just awkward. It was once your team and now it's not. It, it's a really awkward situation for any interim I think that coach depends on go. age, though, partially. Sure. So you, if, you if, could if you're make Kubiak, that argument, then you're gone. Sure. But if you are Stefanski and, and you're essentially still a kid... I think that there's a case to be made that if somebody does not come and hire you for that job, that depending on who the person is who steps in as coach, Mm -hmm. it's at least a feasible conversation to have. And it also matters who would be the coach. If you don't know that if maybe they hire someone that has no relationship with Ryan or a minimal relationship with Ryan, would it make sense? You don't want to force to you don't want to force that coach, a member of his staff upon him. So that's another question you have to bring up. I just think that that if Rosas took this job here mm-hmm. and was told Ryan Saunders is the guy and that's it, and you can't deviate from that plan, it seems like a major step back. Now, if he talks to Ryan and he loves him and they decide, you know what, you, you were put into an incredibly tough situation, you did as good as you could, and you have a bright future here as head coach and cat loves you, which we know to, to be true, and that's how you come to that conclusion, and it's it's Gerson Rosas's decision, I think that's very different. I just, I hate the idea of, of having a president of basketball operation start with the edict that this is your coach, and there's no, there's no question about it, no trying to go outside, because this guy's going to come with different ideas, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's going to come with, I would guess, a list of people, potential uh coaches who are unemployed right now that he likes. So to put him in that box and say there's no way out is not fair to me. I don't think he's in that box. I think that this will so be his decision. So you think that there is? A, okay. I, I, I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure to keep Ryan, but I still think that it's going to be his decision. And if he doesn't want to keep Ryan, he doesn't have to. I don't think that that was a stipulation of taking this job. I think that if he wants to hire another person as head coach of the Timberwolves, he has the ability to do so. The same thing can be said of general manager. The same thing can be said for any, and the GM, any staff The GM member. thing to me, though, is, is not G- a big deal. I, I think see, that's very simple. I think the GM thing is arguably more important than the coach thing. No, but in my opinion, Layden is not that guy. Yes. And I don't think he's being told. I think the only hang-up with Scott is that Scott, like Tibbs, is still going to be being paid. Mm-hmm. And I think if Glenn can get, if Glenn told Gerson, find him a job because we're paying him, but I don't think that there's any pressure there. And I might be totally wrong. I don't think that there would be any internal pressure there, though, to keep Scott in that job. And And if there is, then that's a huge problem. I don't. He's think, got to have the ability to go hire his own GM. 
I don't think to. I don't think that there's pressure to keep him in that spot. I think that there would be pressure to keep him in the organization, so you're not paying him two million dollars yeah. a year to sit on the couch. But he can go scout. Make, make him a scout. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what he Wait, does. You, that's a very expensive scout, but mm-hmm. still make him a scout. Have him do something for the organization where he doesn't have a ton of power, but he can still be helpful and try and help to rebuild his reputation too. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, like that one. I have okay. Make him a scout. He goes and scouts. He's paid too much. But there's no, I can't see uh, Glenn and Ethan Casson having told Gerson Rosas, Layton's your guy. Yeah. There's no way. Now, now the Ryan uh, dynamic to me is different because I'm not nearly as confident that they wouldn't have told him, we really want Ryan. Yeah. It is worth noting both of them were there today. Both Ryan and Scott were in attendance for the press conference today at Target Center. So it, it's not as if, one, we do know that they met with Rosas during the interview process. What was that about? I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer for that. I, I really don't. But it, it seems awkward. It, Give me it, a it theory. Was, it, was Give not me a, theory. A, it was not as if they were interviewing him, but it was more of like, hey, we are a part of this organization as of right now. Yeah. And that's kind of awkward. More so, it would be more awkward for Ryan if Ryan wasn't who Ryan is. It's more awkward for Scott because I think Scott was seen as a lame duck GM for most of the year. At least that was my perception. And I think that's accurate, don't you? Yes. I I, I mean, that's my perception. So that's, of yeah. course, I think it's accurate, Judd. But it um, hasn't changed. But there's nothing about that that's changed to no, me. No, not to me. Either. I think he's gone. I, I, th- I think he's out be, of the building. I think he will be reassigned within the organization. So you're not paying him $2 million a year to sit on the couch. Which would be... So so Tibbs is, is still accumulating... How much do we know offhand? What what's he still getting? I'm not positive. I know it. I think it's north of five, though. Okay. So between the two of them, we're talking about probably seven something, closer to eight. So I think. Glenn's thinking to himself, "I don't want to be paying two guys not not to work," which I get. Yeah. But the Ryan and it's not as if you could have reassigned Tibbs in the organization. No, like you had no, to fire him. no. There was no other choice there. No. But Layden's a little bit different of a situation. Although we did see in in the made for television portion of today's press conference we saw 1000 percent why on january 7th ethan casson and Layden went into tibbs and fired tibbs that press conference how many times did we were, were we basically beaten over the head with this guy is not tibbs yeah about 12 times i mean A- everything down, about that press conference. i still think the kids t- i still t- think the kids coming up and getting on on gerson's lap was how do you stage that though? What do you tell a three year old? Just you go, don't. go to daddy. Yes, yes. You do, you basically let mom be like, okay, that's fine. If you're three, you're gonna go up there and get on your dad's lap. Yes. Whose idea do you think that was then? Whose idea was oh, that? Oh, Cassens. You think so? I think that this is. I think that this entire production this morning was all about everything that they could do to say this is family. It was either Cassens or someone in the PR department who was like. That works for the players. Why wouldn't it work here? Yeah, for Steph, you're right. That was yeah. orchestrated. Players have it happen all the time where the kids come up. Well, and, the, no, the and, players bring the kids up yeah. with them because still, the, the, the kids, kids. It's not as if the kids are sitting in the press conference right. room for players because I've been in in press conferences where that's the case before. But the kid comes up right. with the player when that happens. But if you this wasn't that because he was up there. He had talked for three or four minutes, maybe even longer than that, before his children joined him on stage. That doesn't happen with players. Yes. So the kids at that point were told, actually, the boy came up first. Yes. The little boy came up first. And and I guarantee you that they just said, oh, oh he, you know, he's 
running around, that's fine. And then the second kid came up. It was orchestrated. It was 1,000% about the fact they were trying. And, and I was fine like the first two or three times. But by the 18th time, I get it. Tibbs was an ornery SOB. Mm-hmm. People didn't like him. But guess what? Basketball fans want you, and Wolves fans, they want you to win. So because I go back to April of 2016, Danny, when we were all excited because here comes Tibbs, and the resume from the Bulls was outstanding. And we all thought, yes, basketball first. This is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. So ultimately, this guy is not going to be judged on, is he the best dad in the history of the world? Is he, you know, is he... The cultivation of the Wolves family, which is, that was what they they were desperately trying to do. And I think that they were trying to do it to show Glenn and everybody else, it's the new, it's the new cuddly Wolves. It's the new family-oriented, everyone on, one of Gerson Rosas, I guarantee you, one of his jobs, one of the things he's going to be told, or has been told to do, if people drop their tickets, call them up. Call him up and Poor tell guy. him and tell him. But didn't you get that feeling as you watched? I don't this know if thing, I felt that, but I felt that the whole thing was all about the fact that Tibbs was an ornery guy who used to bark and swear and made people uncomfortable, and that we we are now showing that the Timberwolves are going to work hand in hand. It's going to be business operations and basketball ops, and everyone's going to get along and sing kumbaya. That's how I felt. I asked you this earlier. I want to ask you this again for the sake of being on a different show here, but. What's scarier to children, Tibbs or the Sasquatch Jack Link's wooden statue that is this, inside Target Center? I've given this more thought. Mm-hmm. Tibbs. The more I think about this, and here's why. Sasquatch, first of all, doesn't talk. It's a statue. But it's it's big. It's, it's way big. bigger than Tibbs. It's big, but I could see a kid being like, oh, this is sort of cool. What about Tibbs doesn't scare you? I know with my kid, it's not the visual that scares him. It's the sound that can scare him. So are sometimes. you saying Tibbs's voice is terrifying? Yes. Are you kidding me? You heard it. <laughs> what do you think? Come on. If he's, if he's barking like that, ain't no kid that's not going to be terrified of that. Bedtime! Bedtime! Yeah. That kid ain't going to sleep ever again no, if he hears No that. story! No, yeah. sto- no Goldilocks! No Goldilocks! Yeah. To me, it's very simple. My kid would love the Sasquatch thing. He'd want to go up and like see that's what i five. think and it doesn't move so it wouldn't scare you yeah what is scarier than tibbs then belichick yeah belichick belichick would <laughs> scare that, me hoodie just that mean look he has on his face all the time just yeah. irritated tibbs has that sort of goofy smile bill's god bill might smile once in a great while but i feel i feel like belichick would scare me the most yeah but but bill belichick like- but he doesn't talk enough yeah, he doesn't he yell like, enough. That, that makes him scary. But he Sasquatch like, doesn't talk. Danny, but he looks like a guy who's going to put you in timeout for no reason whatsoever. And that's what kids are most afraid of. So does Sasquatch. Going in timeout. No. Sasquatch will put you in timeout forever. Sasquatch will just throw you. And Sasquatch isn't. Into timeout. Sasquatch isn't real. So no, yeah. Tibbs. Tibbs is your Can you, you ask prove the question. Sasquatch isn't real? He can't because. Well, no, I'm saying the. statement's sa- false. I'm saying the Sasquatch at, at in the lobby. Are you Target sure? Center is not real. Say, you you better sure? be careful with that statement, Judd. Tibbs would scare you, though. If you were a kid, I think Tibbs would really scare you. Yeah, absolutely. And Jonathan's right. The voice? Oh, yeah. It's the voice. Mm-hmm. If you hear that... Are you happy now? You got an answer. I did get an answer. I thought this was a good, productive discussion. 
This was my goal for the first segment. Find out who was scarier, Tibbs or Sasquatch. Well, now you know. Thank you. That Sasquatch, listen, if Sasquatch could move, he probably wins. But he can't move. He doesn't move. What if his eyes lit up? What Ooh, if there was Jonathan? a thing inside there that made his eyes light up? The eyes lit with, up. When there was motion. So it's not like there was a motion detector inside oh, Sasquatch. Yeah, so he's got kids. And his lit up, eyes yes. lit up red. Who's scarier? I mean, if the eyes lit up, I'd say there's a chance he's probably scarier, but still that voice. It's a very close call if the eyes light up. I'll give you that. It's a very close call. Happy now? We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep thinking of things. Talking about the, show. the tough topics here on Mackie and Jed with Rami without the point. Without, yeah, Rami. I know. You got to say that coming in and out every break, Judd. Thanks yeah, Rami Johnny. knocked it out of the park. What's that? When when you and Phil were out and I filled in, Manny and I filled in one day yeah. with Rami. He knocked it out of the park, in and out of every, every break. Every break, it was Mackie and Judd with Rami without Mackie and without Judd. But Plus, with Rami. It was, it was Mackie. You know no, I'm not doing it. It was Mackie. No. Hang on. No. Hang on. It was Mackie and Judd with Rami minus Mackie and Judd plus Danny and Manny. Yeah. Every break, north. he was immaculate with it. All right. Good Look. luck. Let's take a break. Come back after this. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. If I can get my wits about me, I'll come back and uh, say who's on today's show, but I can't decide. Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North. That's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch Em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thank you, sir. Mackie and Judd with Rami, without Mackie and Rami today, but with Danny. Eh, could have been smoother. I'll give it to him. That was good. It could have been For smoother, a first shot, though. I was, was actually, good. I scripted it out. See, that's how you gotta it. do it. Jonathan, um, I was disappointed there were no animals involved in the making of that traffic report. I tried to find them for you, Danny, because I know you love the animals on the roadway, but there was nothing none. better than a traffic report with with wild animals oh, on the loose. That and then you we can't do that all the, the animal is. You can't do that all the time. That's once in a while, Danny. Cunningham. I mean, you, can't you can't control do that the animals. consistently. Yeah, you can't control those animals, Judd. Whatever. So, did I hear this correctly? Did I did I hear that at the end of the press conference today when Gerson when Gerson in you know a very classy fashion gave a shout out to the elder statesman of the sports landscape in this town Sidney Hartman who I worked with for years at the Star Tribune thank you Sid for being here it means a lot it's very very special did I hear this correctly that Sidney was not there not in attendance that the script somehow got through to Gerson without the without it being acknowledged that you might want to scrap that last part. My understanding is that Sid Hartman was supposed to be there and ended up not being able to make it. So mm. Sid was scheduled to appear and Sid did not appear. Um, so yes, Gerson did thank Sid for being there despite the fact that Sid was not at targets. Didn't thank Johnny Krasinski. Didn't thank Jace Frederick. Didn't thank Chris Hine. Didn't thank Danny. Chris Hine also was not there today. Okay, um, but the Star Tribune had several people there filling in. But that might be though. I don't think that that's you know Sid does not miss those ordinarily. So so somebody probably should have gotten through, gotten to Gerson very quickly, and said Sid ain't here. If this all fails, that's going to be the moment we look back at. And that's this, going to and be, this being the Wolves. You know what? I give it a decent chance that it doesn't work. Unfortunately. 
Andrew Wiggins. All right, back to back to the serious part of this discussion and the retooling of the Wolves. Now that they have a, a Pobo, as Matthew Collar likes to call it, a president of basketball operations. Just don't say YOLO. I, you, by the way, that term. Don't do the poem. The poem. Just don't. And you know what, though, guys? YOLO, I never liked it. I, I never used it. Good. It was stupid. Good. It died a quick death. I agree. Good. But that was, not a, that was not a long-term thing. That was a big deal for, I, I want to say, yes, and a few months. And I always said, this is one of the stupidest things of all time. Anyway. Wiggy, realistically, mm-hmm. what can be done there? And and when Gerson talks about trying to explore rehabilitating him as a player, is that even realistic? It is realistic because if they're going to input a different system, which is going to happen offensively, and you can change the, the style of game that he has to play and that you have to force him to play, maybe he can be better. If you can change his role, and instead of asking him to be a star... Ask him to star in his role because there's a big difference in that. If you ask him to star in his role, it's something that he can do. He can't be a star right now. We've learned that. We've learned that for the past four years or whatever. But maybe he can star in a lesser role. And once you get that down. Take me down that path. Starring in a lesser role. Maybe it's the sixth man. Maybe it is playing off ball more. Maybe it's shooting more corner threes. Maybe it's finding these little things that he is good at. And there are things on the basketball court for everything that we rag on Wiggins for. He does do some things on the court well. He's not the world's worst basketball player just because he's paid like a much better basketball player than he actually is. Mm -hmm. There are little things that he can do really well in the court better than other players. So if you can maximize the amount of time on the floor that he spends doing those things, he can be a moderately successful basketball player right now. And then you move on from there. But you have to find what those things are and how to get him to consistently do those things and not try and do the things that he's terrible at. Is he willing to do them? We don't know. And I'll start with this, the long two. My guess is that this this fr- this franchise is now constructed and run is going to have no interest in seeing long twos. Yes, Andrew loves that shot. Mm-hmm. Is it realistic to explain to him, get it through to him? I don't know what you do here, but tell him you cannot take that shot. We can't have that. You, we don't want that shot as a team, and we especially don't want that shot from you. That's something that Ryan did try and do a little bit once he took over, but. In Ryan's defense here, he didn't have a training camp to try and do it. He had very little practice time to try and make that change. And it's not a change that you can realistically expect to happen in the middle of a season. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. But it is a change you can expect to happen if you have all summer to work on it, if you have a full training camp to work on it, if you have preseason games to work on it, then you can expect to see a real change. But until then, it's hard. So I do think that this October, November, when the season starts, it will be really telling if he's still taking five long twos a game, or if he's taking one a game, that'd be a huge step up. That type of thing would go a long way to, to maximizing the little things that he does better. Have him shoot more corner three pointers because that's something he was actually pretty solid at. He was one of the better Wolves players at shooting corner threes. He just didn't take enough of them. Put him there for a little bit. See how that works. Experiment with the things that he's proven he can do well, and then hope that he can continue to do, do those things well and then slowly expand upon that. The thing I can't decide on him, Danny, is this. Does he care enough to buy in? I think he's got some talent. Now, he's Naturally, not, absolutely. He's he not, is very yeah. gifted physically. He is flawed, but he's got some talents. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're talking about makes perfect sense. But it all comes back to this question. Will you buy in? 
Or do you think that you're, you know, this is a guy who in the locker room two years ago now, I guess, said, I just love my shot. And you wanted to say, why? Why do you love your shot? Yeah. So they can go to, to him with all of the data possible to probably say, here's where you thrive. Here's your best role. You're paid too much, but you know what? We can't fix that now. We can't change that. And I don't know if he buys in and says, this is all a great point, and I'm going to I'm going to investigate it myself and try and make myself a productive player, or if he's going to shrug his shoulders and say, okay, cool, thanks. Here's the thing that would worry me about that leaning towards shrugging his shoulders is that he's already been paid. He's already set for life with the amount of money that the Wolves are paying him, and that's something that would concern me because— This is pride. You don't know the motivation that he's going to have because clearly he's shown at times that the motivation just is not there. Mm-hmm. I think that that's been proven over and over and over again. But if it does appear, then you have a chance. It's just being able to tap into it and how difficult that's proven to be for everyone that's tried. But this comes back to pride, right? Absolutely. It, it comes back to are you are you willing to to check your ego to a certain point and admit that you're not the player that we thought that you were and then embrace a different role. And, and and that becomes, you know, gone are the days of any conversation of this being Wiggy and Cat's team. This yeah. is just Cat's team. Yes, absolutely. And even Rosas kind of touched on that today. When he brought up having a star, that star was Carl Anthony Towns. He didn't mention Andrew Wiggins in those conversa- in that answer. And how's that where, going to go? How's that going to I mean, play? it's the truth. I know it is. Like you, you know that. I know that. And Fans know that. It's a good thing that Rosas knows that. Because if Rosas would have mentioned Wiggins alongside Cat there, I would have had some concerns. I absolutely would have had some concerns. Now, the money mandates that he gets named alongside Cat, but the production and the talent certainly does not. And I would say if you could possibly trade him, do it. But we we talked about this off air. It's not possible, really. I don't think it's wise right now to give up an asset to move on from him. I just don't think it makes sense for what they wanted to do. I think that they have to try and build what they have. They have to do everything they can with Wiggins. If someone wants to take him and you don't have to give up anything else, then you can start conversations there. But you should not have to give up a first-round pick to unload on a former number one overall draft pick. So what's the process now? In terms of? In terms of the future, the franchise. What What's the process now of, of in some ways, probably being stuck? Mm-hmm. In some ways now, uh, turning your attention to the fact that you are embracing things that this franchise didn't embrace for years and years and years of of retooling a roster that certainly has a marquee star player, but that's probably it. So, you know, there, there's going to be you have guys a couple gone. other pieces, too. Robert Covington's right, a very nice. good piece. Dario but Sarch you, is a good piece. But you've got one, you've got one jumping off point yeah. and, and then some decent players, a few decent players around him. So if you follow this team... What's what's the realistic path towards becoming, I'll pick a team, Denver? Player development is a very realistic path where you, you have to have player development. But And he mentioned the Houston Rockets being in a very similar space three years ago, and they were. Let me read you some players who were on Houston's roster during the, 20, the 2015-16 season. They went 41-41, and 41, very similar place to where the Wolves are right now. Mm-hmm. James Harden was on the roster, Trevor Ariza, Michael Beasley, old friend, Patrick Beverly, Corey Brewer, old friend, Quinn Capella was in his second year, Sam Decker, James Harden, Montrez Harrell, Dwight Howard, 
And that team at 41 and 41. Ooh, Dwight Howard, yeah, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. That was the worst that they got. They then turned that group of guys without ever having a high draft pick, without ever really being a major player in free agency. Yep. They turned that group into what they are today, where they were a Chris Paul blown hamstring away from probably winning the finals last year, where they are, they could go, they could tie the series at 2 2 tonight against Golden State in the second round. They are a true championship contender. They went from this roster to that in three years, in two years, really, if you count last year. So, they were creative to get that way. They're going to have to be creative here to turn this, what they have right now, into not only a playoff team, but a good playoff team, a playoff team that is competitive and can win series and can go to a Western Conference Finals. That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to be creative in how they're going to get there. But are, are we talking about the realistic part of this conversation and the plan being two years off from being competitive and being a playoff team? Not not being a deep run playoff team, but let's just say being back in the playoffs. Are we two years from that in your mind? Are we a year away from that? We're probably a year away. A lot of it, I can't give a concrete answer until next Tuesday. Because say they win the draft lottery and they get Zion Williamson. That the timeline is sped this up is incredibly. The Timberwolves. You, you might not be familiar Judd, with their Judd, franchise there's never, history. There's never, never been a time to move moved, up like the present. Never having moved up in the lottery, although being in it several times in franchise history, you might not be familiar with that. There's, we tried telling Rami about the Twins curse in New York, and he didn't believe us. No. And look what happened this last week. And then weekend. I got a bunch of tweets saying, it's ridiculous, these players don't know anything about that curse. Still happens. And I said, still happens. Watch the games, it still happened. Why don't people believe Danny, in our pain? The Wolves have no luck. When it comes to the lottery, they've never moved up. It's not going to happen. And they had luck at getting Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and Flip cried, oh, and, and that, that was that when was they stayed, pick. and that, and that's that when they scouting. stayed at the one. But yeah. they only had a twenty five percent chance of staying there. It's not as if they had overwhelming Danny, odds. It's I'll not it like again. it was better than a coin flip. Danny, they have never moved up in the lottery in franchise history, and they've been in the it all the, the time. No time like the present. Can I ever write that down? Can I ever and write that want, down that they're going to move up? Dumb. Not till Friday. Or, you know what? No, tweet, we, decided tweet we, we decided we can do it midweek. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. What about Monday? Monday's not really midweek. Take this you down, do then, it. Jonathan. Yep. Take it down. Yeah, write it down. They're going to move up. They're going to get a top four pick. It's wildly dumb, but I will send Mackie the email right now. Why don't people listen I don't know. to us when we tell them about the Outsiders. history of Minnesota sports? There is no time like the present. I wrote an entire document when you first started yes. of the entire history of Minnesota sports over the last whatever it is, you still don't believe me. I can be negative like anyone else. I picked the Vikings. I'm not saying I picked not the negative. Vikings to go it's seven and one. It's not. It's, ne- it's, it's yes. It's using facts. That was to our realistic. Advantage. Listen to Jonathan. We're using facts here. They've never moved up. No time like the present. You're okay. Being too optimistic. Can we then? Okay. Go back to what you were saying and get past the part about Zion. Okay. Because no one's buying it. Who at least is tuned in right now. Some people might be. Okay, if they so are, they're delusional and they need help. They, they're they probably a year to two away from making the playoffs in any capacity. They're a little bit further away from being a true contender past that. Okay. Because there's a difference than in making the playoffs like a San Antonio did this year or being a true contender like Houston and Golden State are right now. There's a big difference in that. I think we can all agree there. Okay. But I think that they're a couple of years away from, from being in the playoffs and then maybe a couple of years past that from being a true contender, but they don't have room for error. And that's some, that's a cause for concern is that there's no margin for error here. They have to get every move right. I wrote today that the coaching hire or the GM hire, if it's Ryan, great, but it better be Ryan. 
you better not get this wrong. You cannot afford to get it wrong because of the position that the this franchise is in. You have is to. Is Ryan the right choice then, though? I mean, that's this not is a for kid. me to decide. Let's say it was. This is a kid. This is still a young man. Is he, if you are telling me right now that you cannot screw this up or else it's another, you know, huge setback, monumental setback, are you telling me that with the people who are, are available who have coaching experience, that hiring a kid in his early 30s is the right choice? Because I would have to say it's probably not. I don't think the, the age doesn't matter to me. The age of Ryan does not matter to me. All right, how convinced are you, though, that he is the... If they can't goof this up, how convinced are you that hiring him would not be a potential misstep? You could say that anyone would be a a potential misstep, though. I'm not saying that Ryan is or isn't. I don't know. But we thought Tibbs was a home run. We thought there was no way hiring Tibbs, a a legendary coach, was not a misstep. Yeah, you're right. And it was. It was a giant one that put them in the incredible hole that they're in right now. And that's why we're a family now at the Timberwolves. We're all a family. We all get along great. Yep. Exactly. But you can't say... You might have heard that a couple times today. uh, In in different words, yeah, basically. But yeah, it could be a misstep. But you can't afford for it to be. You better be right. And that's why he's getting paid a lot of money to make that happen. To get that right. Same thing with the GM hire. Has to be right. You cannot afford to mess this up anymore. Who is, so So, what's your estimation or assessment of what he's going to be trying to find in that GM hire? Someone he can trust. That's what matters most. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone that is incredibly well experienced. It needs to be somebody that he can trust to help him make decisions. That's what matters most with that hire. As far as the whole Player thing, acquisitions, as far as development, yes, as far as everything. What? Everything that goes into his job, he needs someone that he can trust to talk with about. And whoever that is, it is. But that's what matters most is that he has a right-hand man or woman that he can trust. How do you think, so as as I watched the uh, playoffs, how did Denver turn the corner that they did? Because I I look at them and I see a template for a year ago playing that play-in game here, they lose out of the playoffs to a team now that's fun to watch, entertaining, and very successful. Their players developed better. They're number two. You can make an argument who's better between Kat and Nikola Jokic. That's an argument and a discussion. But their second best player, Jamal Murray, is miles ahead of what Andrew Wiggins is. And oh, by the way, he's a guy the Wolves could have had, but instead they wanted Chris Dunn. Do you like Chris Dunn? God, Chris Dunn. So but you bad. know what? You know what? It's worse because Chris, or if they had, had taken Jamal, he's on the Bulls right now. Yeah, which is also true. So we'd be going crazy about that. Sure. But he wouldn't be, he would not be. The, the Nuggets wouldn't be what they are. Sure. Like, that's also the other part of that discussion. If the Wolves would have drafted Jamal Murray instead of Chris Dunn, sure, they'd probably have Chris Dunn and not be that good. They've drafted well. They've developed well. They haven't had that big-name free agent acquisition other than Paul Millsap. And these guys aren't aren't going to probably, I would guess, right? The, these guys are going to... These guys, when I look at Denver, I see the blueprint for, for the process of building a roster that's mm-hmm. probably very similar to what's going to have to play out here. Yeah, yeah, but with the but exception is you have Cat, but they don't have Wiggins. That's those are the differences. Oh, the Wolves shouldn't have had him beyond what a couple of years ago or this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Yeah. See, this is. I see your point, and I do think that the process uh, that they're going to go through becomes incredibly important. But I do keep coming back to one thing, and that's 22, and that's what to do there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound, there's nobody I talk to who seems to know. 
Like there's nobody with an answer because the ideal thing would be, yeah, just include an asset and trade them. Well, that's Judd, not I that don't simple. think it's just people that you're talking to. I think it's everybody. Right. But there doesn't seem, I can't find one person who can definitively say this should be the plan. Yeah. Everything else seems to have a plan. Cat mm-hmm. definitely. But beyond that, that contract is just going to sit there and fester and continue to be a problem. The plan for right now is to put everything you have into making Andrew Wiggins better. And that if your organization but I've, can't... But I've got no faith there. Nor do you. No, you. there's no reason to have faith, but it's a blind plan, but it's the only plan possible right now. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break, come back, and talk horse racing controversy because nobody loves controversy more than Zolgad and Danny back after this on Mackie and Judd with Rami, but Mackie and Rami are out, so it's Judd and Danny instead, and Jonathan Harrison is producing. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd with Rami, without Mackie and Rami, but with Danny. Woo! That was better. Nailed it. Okay, now i got to take the rest of the show off. All right, so, Jonathan, this past yeah. weekend, uh, the Kentucky Derby, did you watch? No, I was at a soccer game. Sorry. Yeah, he was doing the uh, Seattle uh, Loons game. Yeah, there you go. How did the Loons do? It was a draw, 1-1. Shocking, good I game. So, this whole horse racing thing, there was a controversy, Judd, right? Yes. If I if I am reading Twitter correctly, there was a pretty big controversy. A bit of with a controversy. The maximum security appeared to win... Then uh, was ruled, what, after a 20-minute review? Disqualified, yeah. disqualified to have interfered. And then um, Country House, is that correct? Yes, Country House was given the victory. Replay is just ruining everything, isn't it? That was my first thought, is when... My first thought was not, is this right or wrong? And people that I know who know the sport say it was right. That was my first thought. So I yes. saw the clips Replays that I... Ev- we can't get rid of it. I didn't watch the Kentucky Derby live. Like, I just don't care. I did, but I didn't see, like, in a million years. I watched it live, saw the finish, flipped to something else immediately, and then saw the hubbub on Twitter and came back. So I had no clue. So I saw the end of the race in the part of the race that was in question today for the first time. I saw it, and I was like, wait, what happened there? Why was, uh like... What Why? happened? Why did he get disqualified? Yeah, and then like they explained him like where, like where did that? I just did I you never see it though. Kind you do of, see but it. kind of, but like I have two questions for it you. It just didn't make sense to me. I have two questions for it that I don't get. One is so the jockey's in the lead, and I understand that his horse veered over a bit, but who's supposed to know exactly? Like, there's no set lanes, and I was told that they sort of are supposed to know. But here's my other question, and it, and this comes from the standpoint of the greed of humans. All right, it's raining, right? The track is dangerous and wet. Horse racing is a very dangerous sport. Who on earth allows 20 horses in that field? And I'm told it's all about the cash, and I get that. But if you're worried about this, Danny, right? Don't you go down to, uh, let's say, the 10 best? Mm-hmm. Because then then they can have their, their lanes, and if somebody interferes, it's very clear. This is a 20-horse field on a sloppy track, by the way, in a sport that we now know is extremely dangerous. What human saying, we don't care about the horses, we care about your cash. But, but well, that's not, what it is. But, but not surprisingly, not surprisingly, 
the poor horse, what's his name? Maximum security. The poor horse. Doesn't exactly know the where The horse he's doesn't to be. care. I know, but my point the is. The poor horse. The horse doesn't care. The horse is not That horse has the same life today as it would have yes. if it would have won. But the horse that, has, horse. that horse has no idea it was disqualified. Hear me out. The horse does not care. But the point being is, it's human greed of trying to get as many horses in the field as possible that caused this entire problem. I just, I can't bring myself to care about it. I genuinely can't. I, I don't give one iota about who wins the Kentucky Derby. If someone got disqualified from a horse race, I don't care at all. As a casual sport fan, you don't care. No, I don't. So think you don't even. So you're you're not even a casual fan of sports. Sure, no, no, not I'm of saying horse racing. Like of horse racing. Like I I don't know the last time I watched the Kentucky Derby. Um, I mean, I didn't watch it this year. It allows rich people to get together and drink mint juleps. That's the thing. Like. The Kentucky Sorry, Derby Tom. is one of the most prominent sporting events out there that I have no interest in attending. I can't think of a big sporting event that I have less interest in going to than the Kentucky Derby. See, I'd love to go. Why? Because I, I think it, it'd it be seems, cool to see it once. It seems so elitist. Well, like, I wouldn't belong there wearing wearing a pair of Nikes. Hold on a second. Like, I just wouldn't wait, wait, belong. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. In. Hold on a second, Mr. Hypocrite right now. You love Baker Mayfield. You swear by him. And he could have dressed better. And he was front and center at the Derby. Baker's allowed to go. I'm just saying I don't think I need to. And Baker's an elite NFL quarterback. He is an elitist. And He's allowed to be there. Yeah, and he and uh, Brady and th- the rest of them. Elite. Aaron Rodgers were elite. all there. See, I think it would be cool to go. I can ta- I can watch it or not and don't care that much. I just happened to be home on the couch on Saturday when it was run, so I watched it. But I think that it would be a fun event to see once also, in person because the partying is uh, sounds so fun. I think that I think the event itself and what goes on around the event would be fun. You can party anywhere. But not you Kentucky tr- if you be party, oh, you can party wherever. There were people walking around Minneapolis with big hats on on Saturday. You can party with them. Jonathan, would you go if you could go? The Derby once? Yeah, probably not. Thank you. It, it's just I don't want to go to a I don't want to go somewhere to a sporting event and dress up. Exactly, it's not gonna happen. And it's two minutes long. Yeah, that's true. You are what you are. I'm not gonna drive. You out. are paying. It's not the race. It's the whole. It's all the no, pomp and circumstance around the race. You're there for the race. You're there for that one. No, I'd be there to, section of time. I'd be there for the and party. I'd rather watch it on TV. Yeah, if you're there for the party in the infield, you don't even see the race. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's true, you don't. I'm still there. I still get to say I and went to a derby. Cares? So you paid $12 for a mint julep for when you yeah. could have gotten a $4 drink at Bunny's. So hold on a second. That's true. It's got a good point. Thank you. So, <laughs> Kentucky Derby, mm-hmm. Indy 500. Also no. Um, Wimbledon. If Federer or Serena's in the championship, I'm there. If not, don't care. I'd want to go to Wimbledon. Doesn't matter who's in. It'd be fun. Yeah, but I you, think it'd be you like yes. European sports. Tennis isn't really European, but sport, it's in sure. Europe. Wimbledon, yeah, and soccer. Same thing. You'd catch. You'd catch U.S. Soccer Open, Jonathan. Soccer, same thing. That's such a bad statement. No, I'm saying, <laughs> okay, U.S. <laughs> Open, Jonathan. Tennis, probably, yeah. Be cool to go. I think it'd be fun to go. I, I think do all the of these things Open. would be interesting once. I wouldn't do the U.S. Open if I ever went to a tennis tournament. It would be Wimbledon. That's the only one I would ever have interest in going to, and only if Serena's involved. How about golf? Or, Masters. I would US do the Open. Masters. I would absolutely British. do the Masters. 
I would do any of the other majors if you could guarantee me Tiger on Sunday. But no Tiger, I would do the Masters, but not the other ones. Kind of see, but there. yeah, but you're tying in Tiger. That's a that's a that, big it matters. Also, I these think horses, the Masters. I think so the Masters these horses, would be fun no matter what. I, I don't care if Tiger's in it or not. Yes, the Masters. Well, the saying. Masters. I'm with you. Okay, um, but that's the other ones saying. no. Okay, so these horses run like five races in their lives, and I'm supposed to have an attachment to any of them? No, I don't want you to have an attachment. I'm saying the event, the Kentucky Derby well, why event Why am I spending itself. two hours there if I don't have an attachment? Yes. Because you're at the event. No. It's like a Super Bowl. It's uh, You don't care about the teams necessarily. It's not the Super Bowl. It's, Super Bowl. it's a two-minute horse race. It's the beginning of this of these three giant races in this country. And also, I would never go to the other two. Oh, no, the Preakness is no a great way. party, I guess. The Preakness is fantastic. Belmont, I'm sort of with you. If I'm going to go to a party, I'm just going to have it at my house, man. If I'm going to go to a party, I'm going to go on spring break. Yeah. All right. Six and five, that's more than two minutes. 651-646-8255. Are these guys crazy or am I wrong? Because I think it would be fun. Uh, 651-646-8255, TCL Broadcast Studios. And now another hour to go. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Without Mackie and Rami today. So it's Judd, Danny, Jonathan. And I think I just got through it. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 